Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is probably going to be a little intense, and I mean that in the best way. Um, I don't know if you're anything like me, but you might listen to podcasts on two times speed or one and a half times speed. This might be a good one to slow down if you do that. If you didn't know that was even a possibility, hello, I just changed your life. <laughs> it is a true game changer, especially in mom life. But this episode might be a good one to save, to reference back to, and to slow down and really soak it in. Um, we're going to be bringing up kind of a lot of topics that might be emotional. I'm hoping I don't cry. I cry a lot, but <laughs> I really think I'm going to be able to make it through, hopefully. So um, I guess let's just dive in. You probably already know from the title of this episode, but we are talking all about how to raise uh, body positive kids, kids that have a positive outlook on their body image who maybe are able to avoid some of the pain that we've experienced, um, maybe even some of the thoughts that we've thought or said out loud we would love to protect them from, to keep them from ever hearing those things about themselves, whether internally in their own mind or out loud from someone else or even, God forbid, us. And I think most of us can probably relate to this. So it's going to be a good episode. Um, I'm really excited for it. The other thing too is I just ask that you give me a little bit of grace. Every family, every experience, every person's lived experience um, is different, right? And so I'm not going to get it perfectly for you. Uh, So just come here with a little bit of grace, a little bit of understanding and trying to apply what you can to you and letting the rest go. And body image is such a sensitive topic and for good reason. And I, of course, don't want to offend or hurt anybody or bring you back to a place that's uncomfortable. So maybe this is an episode that you skip for now, but I think it's a really important conversation. So we're going to get into that. But first... I want to read a written review from one of you. You guys know these written reviews mean the world to me. Not only do they keep me going and give me some feedback of what you guys are liking, podcasting can feel a little one-sided sometimes, so I love that, but it also actually helps other moms like you find my podcast. So thank you so much for doing that. Today's uh, review comes from Hetch615, very realistic life at the table, five stars, loving these podcasts. If I have a question about my picky eater, I know I can find it here. She keeps it very relatable to what struggles really are at the table and guides you through navigating them without worry. You can definitely tell she's a mom who's been through it all, but is also very educated and knowledgeable on the nutrition end of things. I also like how she occasionally answers listener questions. Thank you so much for sending that in. That means the world to me. I love how you guys continually tell me how much you like the listener questions episodes that I keep it short and to the point. So Thank you for that feedback, and I just so appreciate you guys taking your time to write in those comments. All right, now let's get back to the episode. So like I said, we're covering a heavy, a deep, and intense topic today. And I think the reason why I say that is because it feels, at least to me, like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. Like I have this incredible task ahead of me to not only educate my kid, but to also protect them in the realm of body image. Now, 
this is of course true of everything else, but for some reason, and maybe it's because of my own struggles with body image, this just feels heavier. And I think we as moms and parents want to protect our kids, right? We want to protect them from bullying, from mean things, from be feeling left out, from feeling less than, from feeling unworthy, right? We know how special they are. We know how much they bring to this world. We know how wonderful our little humans are, right? And we wouldn't want anyone to tell them any differently. And I think there's a little bit of a fear or um, yeah, I guess fear is probably the best word to say around the idea that the bully could be inside of them, right? That feels really scary as a parent. Like if the bully's another kid in class, we're like, okay, it's not ideal, right? But we can talk to the teacher. We can do something. We can pull them from school if we need to. We can talk to their parents. We, we have like some action steps to take. Sometimes the bully can be in our own heads. And that one's a lot harder to handle, right? And we probably know that we probably already know how much we can beat ourselves up inside of our own heads when everyone on the outside thinks everything looks great. And so I feel a higher responsibility to not only protect my kids from like bullies, but also from bullying themselves, from stepping into a path that I myself have walked. I know how painful it can be to say these horrible things to yourself, to think horrible things about yourself, and maybe even spill out into judging others and thinking of others a certain way. And maybe some of those comments have slipped out of our mouths. You know, it's heavy, right? It's heavy. That's the end of it. (laughs) It's heavy. This is a lot. And so I want to start it at the top by saying we're not going to do this perfectly. We can't protect our kids from everything. We certainly can't protect them from even themselves. They're going to have different life experiences, different peers, different moments that they remember and hold on to and that define their life. And of course, we can help teach them how to redefine these moments, how to let these moments come in and and go out. And, you know, they're going to have experiences where they take something the wrong way, you know, and we're going to have experiences where we don't say something the way that we intended for it to come out. We're going to make mistakes. And so just a reminder at the top to have grace with yourself and know that this is all a journey. And the best that we can ask for is just be a little bit better and a little bit more mindful and a little bit more aware and a little bit more intentional than maybe our parents were with us. Everyone's doing the best that they can. Everyone's doing what they think is best for their kids, right? If you weren't, you wouldn't be here listening to this podcast, taking time out of your very busy day to listen to a podcast to teach you how to parent around the table, right? So just a reminder here to give yourself some grace as we get into some of these kind of tips that I've accumulated for us. And I also want to say that this is, of course, not going to be... um, applicable to everybody. Everyone's life is different. Everyone's experiences are different. Every kids are different. You know, they have different maturity levels, different understanding levels. Conversations can be deeper and richer with some kids and maybe shorter and short-lived with other kids. And um, it really depends on our personalities and our connection with our kids. So that is, of course, the first place that I would recommend you start is forming a connection with your kids where they feel like they can talk through things with you, that they're not hiding in shame or discomfort about what they might be thinking, what comes up for them, questions about their body, all these things, right? So that's first and foremost is focusing on that connection. I believe strongly, as I think most of you know, that this connection can be built around the table. I think it's a really powerful place for families to come together, to connect, and to 
become a family that's open and vulnerable and willing to share. And so I think that is kind of an important starting place of having that foundation where kids are able to talk to us, that we're able to admit when we were wrong, when we said something, when we misspoke, when we kind of let something come out in front of them that we didn't want to. So an example might be, you know, getting upset when we don't fit into our pair of pants or stepping on the scale and sighing or the previous diet we've done in front of them, right? And of course, then we can have openness and communication around things that we hear them say out loud while they're playing in the other room, while they're reenacting a moment that they saw in you know, school or at the lunchroom, or they say a comment that feels really uncomfortable for us when we're walking through Target or whatnot. We can actually have those conversations. So that's the foundation is the relationship, having a relationship with their child to discuss some of these things. And of course, it depends on age. And, you know, it's going to be a very different discussion between you and your two-year-old than it is going to be between you and your 15-year-old, right? Or 30-year-old even one day. And so just a reminder here that this does evolve. There's no perfect way. There's no quote unquote right time. And I think the earlier, the better. So let's walk through a few tips that I've kind of compiled for us to work into the next few years of our lives and and parenting journeys. Okay, so tip number one, and these are in no particular order of importance or anything like that. So the first tip I have for you is to talk to them about their bodies, especially as they change. Teach them the name of their body parts, how things look, be descriptive, and of course, kind. And I think a reminder here that kind isn't what necessarily we've been taught about the body. A lot of times we've been told to compliment the size of the body. And I want you to redirect and focus on something different other than the size or shape of someone's body and rather focus on what the body can do and what it looks like and the description like your hair or your eye color or your smile or your personality. And I think if we all can think back to even experiences we've had, when people have complimented our body, it might have lit us up for a minute. And then later we go home and we're like, oh man, I got to keep up with that. You know, I got to get that compliment again. How do I get another compliment about my body? And it feels like something you constantly have to chase. Whereas when someone has complimented something about you that's deeper and more valuable to you, it leaves a bigger impact. I mean, just think back. I remember recently, actually, for my birthday, I got a note from a dear friend and she wrote out all the things she loved about me and none of them had to do with my body or the way that I looked. All of them had to do with my personality, who I am and how I show up to my friendships, to my relationships for my kids. And it, I use it now as a bookmark and I read it on a lot of days that I'm not feeling so great. And um, it's just a good reminder that those deeper compliments are always going to live longer with people and always foster an environment to grow in that way rather than try to keep up with getting these bodily comments that we've been trained as children and young adults and whatnot to give to other people. You know, oh, you look great. You've lost weight, you know, and people can look great even when they haven't lost weight. And that is the truth of the matter. And so really focusing on those deeper qualities, like how generous you are, how thoughtful you are, how happy you are, how genuine you are, what a great sharer you are to your little ones, right? So going a step deeper and really complimenting them on their abilities and their qualities as people and what they bring to the family can be really, really helpful 
okay, I've realized now that I combined two of my tips. So the first one was teaching them the name of their bodies and having conversations around their body as they change. And this is really to avoid the shame of something happening, something changing in their body or a way that they look or clothes are fitting or whatnot. And then no one talks about it. And so it just continues to grow in silence. And the second tip there was to have deeper compliments than bodily, right? Not focusing on the body, the shape, the size, (laughs) the things um, that our world really trains us to compliment and focusing more on who that person is going deeper, what they bring to the family. And you'll notice with kids too, that this, this really lights them up for longer and encourages them because when you focus on the good, the good gets better. So if you compliment your kids on how they shared their toy or how they invited a friend at the park to come play with them, even though they didn't know them, those things will continue and continue to grow, right? The flowers grow where you water them or the grass grows where you water it, I think is the way that saying goes. So focusing on those things um, can be really, really helpful in helping our kids keep the main thing the main thing. And remember to focus on what truly matters, which is not our body or our size or our looks. All right, this one kind of rolls into the next one, but be extremely mindful. Be very protective about what you say about your own body, what you say about their body, and what you say about others' body. The truth of the matter is how we speak about ourselves and how we speak about our kids is it what they're going to hear, right? It's like that old adage of our voice becomes their inner voice. And although that can feel really daunting sometimes, I also think it's a really important perspective to take. And and a reminder here to look at your own experience with your mom, with your grandma, with your aunt, with your dad, with your brother, whatever these comments are around our body or food, what we're eating, what we're not eating. Sometimes our verbal content comments, sometimes they're... Um, nonverbal. Sometimes they're behind our back. Sometimes they're to our, to our face. But most of us likely have experiences where we heard something either said directed at us or even just heard something our mom mumbled to herself in the mirror that we held on to. And there's a few reasons why this is. One is because our brains aren't fully developed. And so we hear something, we take it as truth, and we don't really question it. Even as adults, we don't oftentimes make time to question something that we heard and something that we made to be true when we were younger. But there's also this sense of belonging. And humans have this thing, and I'm sure we've all experienced this, where we might even lie or buy into something that we don't truly believe or that we don't truly think because we want to connect with somebody. Right. It's like the girl in high school who pretended to like wrestling because the boy she was interested in liked wrestling. Yeah, that was me. This is a personal story. (laughs) But I think it's important that if our kids see us talking negatively about our body, thinking negative things about our body, doing things that non-verbally send the message that we don't like our body, our daughters, our kids, our, our sons may join in on that behavior or that thought or that saying or replicate it or, you know, um, continue to say it because they want to fit in with us because we're their pack, we're their team, we're their family, and they want to fit in. And so sometimes that something that starts as just a way to fit in or Uh, repeating something we heard, it may start that way. But over time, with repetition, with enough repetition over and over again, we start to believe it, right? And this is a good place to remind you that self-hate, dislike of our body is learned. We are not born with that. I've never seen a baby sit up and go, oh my gosh, what's with all these rolls, right? 
This is something that has been taught to us. In fact, a lot of times our weight and our size is something that's touted about us when we're born. It's actually on birth announcements. A lot of parents put their baby's size on birth announcements. So literally from day one, this is a priority to share with people. It's just something good to remember that this is something being taught to us. And the good news about that is if it's being taught to us, we can also unlearn it. All right. And the next tip I have for you goes along these same lines in that it's kind of the direct opposite (laughs) and inverted tip. Work on saying positive things about your body. Work on the actions, nonverbal even, that show that you are proud of your body, that you are happy in your body. Now, this is easier said than done, right? I know that. This takes time. This takes effort. This takes consistency and repetition. And it's not always easy. But I'll never forget when I saw a post on Instagram, I wish I had saved it so I can reference who it was. So please let me know if you know who it was so I can give proper credit. But they said something along the lines of, I can't wait to say positive things about my body in front of my kids because I don't remember my mom saying anything positive about her body in front of me. And it's just a good reminder that in the same way that we learn how to hate our bodies, how to talk negatively about our bodies, how we, you know, all those sorts of things that we just covered, we can also learn the opposite. Now, this doesn't mean you need to be super phony and over the top and dramatic. If you're struggling with your body image, it's okay to be in the midst of a struggle. It's okay to show progress, not perfection. In fact, I think that's preferred. And so one of the biggest things we can do is get in the picture, get in the video with your kids. Not only will they appreciate this and cherish it for the rest of their life, these moments that we captured, but it also shows that, hey, I deserve to take up space. I deserve to be in these photos. My memories are important. My, your memories of me are important. And my body is not something to hide away My body is not something to be ashamed of, to keep off camera, to not capture and put on film. So that's a really easy one. I say easy lightly (laughs) to non-verbally send the message that our body, body is worthy of being captured in film. The next tip here is to refocus our priorities where we are not pouring our time, our money, our effort, our mental space into diets into dieting, into trying to make ourselves thinner, making ourselves smaller. Now, there is nothing wrong with spending time on ourselves and pursuing healthy habits and focusing on our nutrition and taking care of ourselves. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about taking time away from our family to go to meetings, taking time away from our family to look at our phone and track our points, count up how many calories we have left, look at the menu before we go to the gro- or before we go to the restaurant to see what we can and cannot order. I'm talking about taking long chunks of time away from our family to go to the gym in a pursuit of getting smaller. I'm talking about really pouring a lot of our most important years, our most important time raising our family focused on trying to take up less space in this world. That alone, our behavior alone, will truly impact our kids and it's telling of what our priorities are. Now again, do not get me wrong here. There is nothing wrong with me time. There is nothing wrong with taking time to go to the gym. This is not meant to guilt you out of those things, but we wanna look deeper 
peel back the curtain a little bit and say, okay, what are my intentions here? Because my kid is going to pick up on, even if I go to the gym in pursuit of getting thinner versus I go to the gym to take care of myself and get some mental clarity and de-stress, my kid is going to pick up on that intention more than they're going to pick up on the time lost with mom, right? They're going to they're going to actually know and feel that feeling of what's going on because the pursuit is very different even though the action is the same. So just a reminder here that how we show up for ourselves, for our family will be the way that they likely show up. And I bet most of you listening right now can actually think to your experience with your mom, with your dad, with your family, with your aunts, uncles, grandparents, close neighbors, close friends, the woman you called an aunt but is actually your mom's best friend, I'm sure you can look at they, their example and say, oh yeah, I kind of live my life that way too. If nothing else, you might even look at them and say, I actually live my life differently in spite of the way they taught me, right? Either way, they have a huge impact on how we act what we do, how we spend our time, what's important to us, what our values are, how we think, how we talk to ourselves, all of that is impacted by the people around us. So I guess all these tips are really pointing to the one and biggest tip that we can take away here is work on your own body image. Because at the end of the day, and I talk about this with picky eating too, is we can say all the right things, we can do all the right things, we can follow all the scripts and do you know what the internet lady told me to do. But if our heart isn't in it, our kids are going to pick up on that. And I wish this wasn't true. I wish my kids weren't monkey see, monkey do. I wish they were, I tell them what to do and monkey do it. (laughs) Right? I wish that was the case. It's just not. And I think sometimes I can get really negative around that. But in reality, it's actually a really beautiful gift because what that means for our generations within our family is we have the power to shift the needle right? Just move the needle a little bit further, even just 1% and say, okay, my mom did the best she could. My dad did the best he could. But at the end of the day, here are the things that I can learn and take from how they raised me, how they talked to me, the words that they said to me and shift it even just 1% for my own kids. And then they can continue to do the same and pick up the torch and carry it for their kids. And that's what I'm talking about whenever I reference generational cycles this is what I'm talking about. It's not saying, hey, screw you, mom and dad, you did a horrible job. I'm so disappointed. And I'm so traumatized, although maybe that's some of our stories. But it's rather just saying, hey, no one is perfect. And there's always place for improvement. And I can be that for my kids. I can be that beacon of hope. I can be that change. It doesn't come without hard work. Body image work is grueling. It's hard. It's emotional. But I promise you, working on it, you'll never cure it, right? So I can't promise that. But it will become so much easier. And it will become your default. And it will mean that bad body image days or bad body image thoughts or moments come less frequently. And you're able to handle them more efficiently, which means they're in and out of your life faster. And right now, I am just guessing if you're anything like some of our members at the Mama Well, that body image thoughts consume our days. Or if you're anything like me, you fill your life up with busyness so that you don't have to hear those things. You don't have to hear those thoughts. Wherever you are on the spectrum, 
I invite you to continue working on your body image. Maybe you're far down the line. Maybe you're like, hey, this is something I'm focused on for years. I'm feeling really good about it. That's incredible. That is so incredible. Again, there's always work to be done, right? I'm constantly working on it. As long as we have a body, this relationship will have to be nurtured. So really quick, I want to take a quick little detour and let you know that over on the Mamuel account, if you're not already subscribed to our podcast, highly recommend. This is where Brooke and I, Brooke is a fellow registered dietitian and happens to be my best friend. We help moms specifically help with their nutrition and body image. And right now we are currently registering people for our free five-day love your mom bod email challenge. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're like, yeah, this is heavy and I, and I don't know where to start, I realize that I want to take a take a step in the right direction. I realize I want to make a change. I realize I want to be that beacon for my kid. I realize I want to work on this. And, and maybe through this episode, you've realized the best thing you can do for both you and your kids is to work on your own body image. If that's you, this challenge is for you. We're actually going to be showing up in your inbox five days in a row with actionable, tangible tips to get started. Like, daily activities. and They're not long activities. They're not intensive. You don't have to buy anything, nothing like that. But these activities are actually going to move the needle and get you started on your body image journey and give you so much of the information. So I'm going to link it up down below that you can register. It's completely free. You get to keep the emails forever, which means you can go through it again and again if you'd like. And of course, we're right there to support you through it. And trust me when I tell you that this email challenge if you register, if you open the emails and you do the work, can have a huge impact, not only on how you show up as a mom, but also in how you raise your little ones as well to think of themselves and to think of their body and to really protect them from some of the heartache that uh, you may have experienced if you're anything like us. Okay, I know this episode is getting long, so bear with me. I just have a few more things I want to touch on. And that's really the idea of reframing our thoughts and some of the things that we can say to our kids, encourage our kids in, even scripts or little mantras that we can repeat when we just don't know what else to say. And so I think that's really helpful, especially in our day and age where we just feel like a lot of times our kids catch us off guard and we don't know exactly how to frame this. And so I just want to give a few tips there. But I want to start by saying that regardless of your child's size right now, they deserve and need nourishment regularly. And it truly does not matter if they're quote unquote overweight weight or, you know, in the higher percentile or even on the other spectrum either. They still deserve regular meals and snacks and balance and variety and even desserts. So that is super important. And even just the accessibility of food, having the abundance mentality around food for your little ones is so important in actually developing their body trust. And their body trust is crucial to their body image. So all those things go hand in hand and tie in. And so a really good reminder for your little ones and their body image and the abilities of their body is to remind them that their body knows exactly what to do, that they can trust their body. And we can reaffirm this and reinstill this in them, not only by saying it, you can trust your body, you know, your body knows exactly what to do. Your body is a miracle. Your body was created for this, but also in showing them that we can trust them around food, right? We can continue to fill up the grapes on their plate, even though that seems to be the only thing that they eat. 
The next thing that we can continue to say out loud to our kids, but also model in the behavior, the things we say about other people or ourselves, is all bodies are good bodies. All bodies are good bodies. All bodies are created to be unique and different. And what a boring world all of our bodies could do and look the same way, right? If all of our bodies could do the same things, that would be such a boring world. And we'd have no innovation and no creation and no differences in different sports and different activities. And, you know, the actual physicality of like building houses and cars and, you know, doing all those sorts of things. So a reminder there that all bodies are good bodies. And the last one, again, to instill, whether verbally or just through our emotions, is that our body is our home. Our body is our ever-present home. It will be with us until we die, right? And so we want to make it a comfortable place, which means the thoughts that go through our head are positive and encouraging and kind. And the foods that we eat are nourishing and good and satisfying and delicious and all of the things, right? The way that we move our body is out of a place of kindness and respect and gratitude. And we can really instill that value of gratitude around our bodies with our little ones as well. I'm so grateful I have these big strong arms to carry you up the stairs, right? Reframes like that. And for any of you who are kind of sitting here just going, yeah, I just don't know if I can get there, right? I'm struggling. I feel like the negative thoughts have been holding me captive and I don't know how to just flip a switch tomorrow and be positive. I want to encourage you again that it is not a flipped switch situation. This takes time. This likely took decades to put into practice. And so it's going to take time to take it out of practice, to change the practice, to change the direction. So it does take time. And if body positivity, if body love, if feels like way too big of a stretch, let's just start with body neutrality. This is a tip that Brooke and I give a lot in our membership of just saying, hey, body neutrality is a much easier first step to finding respect and gratitude for our body. And sometimes that literally just means instead of saying, oh my gosh, my stomach is huge. We can just say, I have a stomach. I grew a baby in that stomach, period. Not good, not bad, neutral. Sometimes that is the best place to start. And again, if you are struggling with where to start, I cannot recommend our five-day email challenge enough. It's going to be really helpful in giving you that footing, that just day-by-day interaction of saying, okay, how do I gain momentum? How do I get started? It's just a nice little push to move you forward on this journey and really give you those first few tips. And Brooke and I are very tangible type A people. So these are tangible, actionable steps that you can take each and every day to really start to gain that momentum and get the train rolling. So... Thanks for sticking it out with me. I know this is a longer episode, but this topic is really important. And of course, I'm sure I'll be doing more podcast episodes on it in the future and posts because it truly is one of the most important jobs that we have as parents is to protect our kids. And this is part of it. So thanks for hanging in with me. Again, the link to register for the free five-day email challenge is below in the show notes. So check it out there. And otherwise, I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. 
Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right. Until next time, mamas.